You're listening to Comedy Central. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Nikki. How the hell are you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I took yesterday off. Um, thanks for um, no one messaging me like, where are you? I guess you all assumed it was Labor Day, so you gave me a break. Or you're just not listening anymore. It's interesting that like when I don't hear from you, I'm like, do they not care? But it's really like you just get it. But then I was like, don't international fans wonder where I am? Or do they know about Labor Day? Is Labor Day an international holiday? Um, just looked it up. It is not. It is just a U.S. holiday. Didn't really know the meaning of it before I looked it up. I really was like, is it just for people who like to honor people who work? Like, who am I supposed to be thanking today? Um, and I'm still unclear on that. But if you're out there and you work to make the United States a better place, thank you. Seriously, I do want to thank um, everyone who is, I want to thank the people at my local Starbucks that I go to every day to work at. Um, they've just, uh, I guess, I know, I don't know when they started letting people inside, like probably a month and a half ago, inside the cafe, like tables, socially distant masks on um it has been a fucking game changer for me i really love working in public spaces um on my computer i am one of those idiots at starbucks that everyone hates um but i spend a lot of money there i am respectful of those around me i wear a mask i don't feel like i'm putting myself at harm i don't feel like i'm putting the staff at harm by being there but um i read so often on the subreddit starbucks where starbucks employees talk shit about people or just talk, you know, not talk shit, but they kind of do. That's the first time I heard the name Karen. That was like a year ago when I got on that subreddit. I started hearing about Karens and I was like, they call us Karens. That was where I first heard it was Starbucks employees being like, this Karen came in today and wanted her fucking Frappuccino customized with like 18 customizations and then, you know, is hanging by the bar. Here's things that Starbucks employees hate. Do you want me to tell you if you go to Starbucks? Even if you don't, this is kind of interesting. Um, I didn't know this, but they hate when you, you scan your app. I have an app. They hate when you go to the front and you scan your app and then you immediately turn around and like walk away and don't like say goodbye, I guess. I don't really know what they want, but I've often done that where I just scan it and then walk away because I just want to keep the line moving. Um, I did feel like, because I saw that on the subreddit the other day that they were like making fun of people who scan their app too fast. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? I want Starbucks employees to be happy. Um, because they all seem so fucking miserable based on this uh, subreddit I follow. Um, they don't like when you watch them make your drink and like check on them. That's, that should be a no-brainer. They don't like... Um, they, they don't like people working in the cafe. And I read that today and I was kind of dismayed because I'm like, fuck. Um, well, they don't like it right now because it feels like they're putting their lives at risk. But I feel like I'm wearing a mask and I'm being good about it, but I'm probably not like supposed to be doing that but then maybe missouri should make a law that you can't work inside i don't know i'm so freaking grateful though i love getting out of the house and going there um yeah i'm starting though the one that i go to i think they're tired of me there they just like i'm starting to think they're just like oh this girl again with the drink she gets twice and she sits in the corner and she works and they play the worst music at this one too it is Every day, it's Mamma Mia, The Lion King. It's all um, show tunes. Um, they played Shallow, Lady Gaga today. That was kind of fun to hear and be reminded that um, I can't hit those notes. 
as much as I wish I could. I have a lot of improvement to, um, I have a lot of improving to do on my singing, which I've been working at. Um, but yeah, they were blasting Mamma Mia today. And uh, I just put on my white noise machine and I blast it in my headphones and then I get some work done. It's been, it's just so nice. I just love, I love going there and setting up shop. I love like an office and I don't know. And no one can talk to you. It's not like an office where like you work with people that talk to you and want things from you. Like no one wants anything from me. I can be there. I'm accountable because there's other people around. So I feel like I have to at least like look presentable and work presentably. And I don't know. I just love it so much. I really, it's one of like my biggest, like, I have a lot of guilt around it because I just think it's lame to work in a cafe on your computer. I mean, I know people make fun of people who do that, especially in LA, everyone's working on their screenplay, but there's just something about it that I like fucking love. And it's, I've missed it so much. Um, so I did that today. Um, before that happened, though, I – oh, I wanted to thank all the laborers. Okay, so thank you to Starbucks employees. This, sincerely, like, thank you so much. And, like, if you work at Starbucks, please reach out to me, and I want to hear about your experience as an employee because I find it fascinating. And I've kind of just been thinking about maybe getting a job at Starbucks, like, not because – and filming it or something like doing something or just writing a book about it or writing like working there for a week undercover bossing it it's called undercover consumer so it's not the boss it's the person that consumes it more than ever to get a perspective on the thing you consume okay i like that great idea nikki but i'd really um i think i would like to work at a starbucks just to so i could appreciate people that work there even more so thank you thank you to all the teachers that started this week um, and all of the parents who are um, dealing with your kids being at home while you're trying to figure out your life and, and work, um, congrats to all of you for making it through the first kind of official week of school. Um, maybe it's the second week. Uh, it was for my sister. It was the second week. My sister's a high school Spanish teacher, and um, she's actually says that there are a lot of great things about it. And, and it, like, she doesn't have to get up as early. Um, she... Uh, feels like she has more like free time in between to her, like to herself um, alone time, you know, not like not being, like I said, being in an office place, you have to deal with stuff. Even when you're not working, you're like dealing with people and expectations and things and, but you know, small talk and it's also exhausting. So, um, and then I talked to a friend who has a child that just started kindergarten who's, she's watching him go to kindergarten. And she told me that it was like, kind of a cool experience to see him learning and like to see him in a classroom and to see him like have to sit and like to learn. And so she was appreciating that she got to see this thing that she wouldn't normally get to see. So, uh, you know, some good things about all of this. Uh, I'm feeling more and more grateful for this weird ass time every day because, you know, I am obviously being forced to learn a lot about myself and make a lot of changes. I wanted to give an update on the medication. I talked a lot about it on Friday's episode. So many of you reached out to me and said that you're also going to seek your own ADHD um, treatment or uh, diagnosis because you think you may have it. I am on a med. I've been on it since Friday. And um, it is not a panacea. It is uh, like, you know, I'm still... I have not had severe depression, but I haven't had that for quite a while. 
Um, so I don't know what I, I can't, I'm not out of the woods yet, but I, I feel pretty good. Like I don't feel like my mind's going to any of those places when I'm on it. I feel um, very focused at times and pretty empty at other times, which from my research, I can tell like that's a side effect where people kind of feel like robotic and kind of lacking personality or I feel too intense sometimes. I feel, I don't know, I'm, um, again, I'm having a lot of guilt around feeling like I'm on a drug um, if I like feel it, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, maybe you don't know what I'm saying, but what I'm trying to say is like when I feel it, when I feel like, well, I'm on something right now, I tend to get really guilty. But, um, and my doctor said that you're not supposed to feel it and that's a bad sign if you feel it. So maybe we need to mess around with a couple of things. But I haven't been like, you know, working hours a day on my book and cleaning my room with a toothbrush. Um, Cause that'd be hard to do. Cause it's mostly like clothes all over the floor and what am I, that a toothbrush isn't really required for that. But um, I have been more organized. I have been um, better about making lists and getting like work done. You know, I made, I went on stage last night at the Funny Bone with a mask on and I made a set list before I went on stage, which is like, you know, usually I'm just like going up there with no preparation. I made a list for this podcast of things I want to talk to about, which I have not even gotten to any of them. <laughs> so I don't know that this is actually doing anything for me, but it's making me a little bit more organized and um, prepared uh, for things. But I felt a little bit um, out of it, I guess I should say, but not in a way that like I felt when I was stoned all the time where that was when I couldn't find words. Now I'm thinking a lot, but I'm staying quiet more often, which I guess ADHD, I mean, one of the symptoms that I really related to was like saying inappropriate things and not thinking before you talk. Um, so right now I feel like there's a lot of like inner monologues going on, but not a lot of talking. So I'm thinking a lot and it's like, I don't know if that's good or not. I haven't decided yet. Although today I did lash out pretty aggressively at my dad. And I want to talk about that because it was kind of interesting. Um, I was going to Starbucks, my morning ritual. And my dad was had taken the dogs for a walk. And he was coming back from it. And I could see him like a quarter of the way down the street. And I pointed at his car to be like, can I take this? And he was on the phone too, and I didn't want to yell at him. So I just pointed at the car and like made a like, can I take the, the car? And he gave me a thumbs up. So I got in the car and I also was going to drive past him. So I like pulled around the sub, like the cul-de-sac, went past him. And then all of a sudden I hear over the car speaker, my aunt's voice, my dad's sister's voice being like, well, look, she needs to get, she needs to get her own car then. Tell her to get her own car. You don't need to tell Lauren to do any of this stuff on her own. She just does it. Why don't you tell her? To, and it's just my aunt talking shit about me. <laughs> my sister's Lauren. So I really, I was trying to just go, no, 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 no. Sorry, my dogs are barking. Pause for barking. So what I was hearing was my aunt talking some serious shit about me because my dad had obviously been talking about me as he was coming up the road about me taking the car. And then my aunt was in response to that going off about me. <laughs> it's just like, 
I had just gotten in the car. I just turned it on. And all of a sudden I hear my aunt just like going off on me, which is pretty upsetting because in the past, my aunt has said some things that um, I always like remember from my childhood one time, not childhood, but like my adolescence. One time she was out here visiting and uh, I came home from working at like a long shift at this pizza place I used to work at. And I came home and I ate like a huge salad with all this cheese on it. And then I had like three bowls of honey bunches of oats with almonds, which used to be my favorite cereal, which is like way too much food. I mean, I was binge eating before I even knew what the word was. Um, and I just remember her being like, you can't eat like that. What is she doing? Saying to my parents, like, don't let her eat like that. That is disgusting. You eat too much. And me being like, uh, and I was already kind of gaining a lot of weight back then. So I just remember her chiming in at that time in my life. And then, um, years prior uh when i was like probably 10 she used to say to my parents no boy is ever going to want to date nikki because she eats too fast and she eats like a slob and no boy is ever going to want to date you and i used to be like good i fucking hate boys and i want nothing to do with them like i did not want anything to do with boys until i was like 32 so um no i was like good i'll keep eating like this if it's going to keep men away and um but so to hear her go mouthing off about me today to my dad and to catch my dad kind of talking shit which by the way he's allowed to do he's 36 year old daughter is living at home if he, he's allowed to go on a walk with the dogs and vent about me a little bit taking his car and i'm looking for a car that's the problem i'm trying to buy a new car i'm i know what i want but it's really hard to find the car i want um i want a white prius 2018 or lower because I hate the back side of Priuses that are newer. They look so stupid. The lights look different. I want it to be white and I want to put bumper stickers all over it. I don't know what that compulsion is. The other day I was just driving on Friday and I like saw a car with bumper stickers and I was like, that's who I am. I want to cover it in like vegan bumper stickers and like Taylor Swift and like, I don't know. And it's going to be a temporary thing. When I make my next move, I'm just going to scrape off those stickers and give it to my parents. So but I just, that's the car I want. And finding a used car right now that is specifically what you want is kind of impossible. I'm on Carvana. I'm on Auto Guru or whatever the fuck that one is. I'm on all of them. I'm on Craigslist looking every day. Um, but at least I know what I want now. That feels good. So anyway, I, um, I heard my aunt talking shit. And I couldn't turn off the stereo. Her, her voice would knock away. And she was on a fucking monologue about me. And I'm just like, make it stop, make it stop. Because like I said, like I've been doing with the comments. I don't like comments about myself. I don't want to hear people talking shit about me. If I know my parents are talking shit about me, I'm not like putting my ear up to the door. Even if I know they are, I would rather not hear it. I'll put on a white noise machine. I don't want to hear anyone's opinion about me. It's none of my business, first of all. And they have every right to talk shit about me. I talk shit about them to process what I'm going through. So sure, they're allowed to. I just don't want to hear it, right? So my dad, I pull around and my dad is trying to tell me, he doesn't know the, the, that shit, her voice is coming through. He's just trying to talk to me about the car situation. So he goes, when are you coming back? Are you, you going to be gone all day? I'm just like, no, I'm not. Um, I'm going to be on a couple hours. What time do you need me back? This was 1030, you guys. He goes, we're going to the river at 330. And I go, okay, I'll definitely be home by then. Okay, okay. Well, I wanted to wash the car. I was like, tell me when you need me home. I go, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take an Uber. Very calmly. I go, I'm going to take an Uber. And he goes, you don't need to do that. Just take the car. Take the car. And I go, I, I will. 
um, I'll just take an Uber. And he goes, just take it. And I go, fine. And I go, by the way, um, your Bluetooth is connected. And I know you're talking shit about me right now. And he laughed. And I said, fuck you. And then I rolled up the window and sped off. <laughs> but it wasn't a kind fuck you, which I think he took it as that. He took it as like a fuck you. We talk like that around the house. We also talk like fuck you and then run off. I mean, that's kind of like a classic glazer, like family conversation ender. We cuss at each other and then we leave the room and then we never talk about it again. So I peeled off and I felt awful because I just said fuck you to my dad. And, you know, like when am I 15? And so I wrote him a text apologizing almost instantly being like, hey, you have every right to talk about me. It was just, I'm insecure about living at home and mooching off of you guys. And it felt, it just like triggered that. And he wrote back, you know, you can borrow the car anytime you want. I'm really sorry that you heard that. Don't ignore anything Lynn says. Who cares what Lynn says? And I was like, you're right. So it was good. Um, but it was, you know, kind of upsetting because I do feel bad about living at home and I wish there was an answer for me about where to go next but I just am not ready to make that move I'm just not there's nowhere to go I don't feel like it's time to make a decision in that part of my life yet this country is on fire literally um it's on lockdown there's about to be a second wave um it's just too much uncertainty. So today I am fine living at home and I, my parents are going to their fucking cabin tonight. I'm going to be alone. And uh, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. So that was, uh, but yeah, that was just, I'm trying so badly to avoid anyone talking about me behind my back, which is hard um, when you can't turn off your dad's stereo because his car is so fucking stupid and it's been in a million accidents prior to us getting it. And so the nothing, none of the buttons work. I'm just like s slapping the, the buttons, trying to make my aunt's voice go away and stop talking about me. <laughs> it's torture. It's so ironic that I've just muted uh, comments on Instagram and I don't read comments on YouTube. And I, it was funny. I put up a picture of my legs the other day on um, Instagram because this girl took a cool picture. This girl that came and took pictures of me um, in New Jersey last Friday uh, took a picture of just my legs and they look good and it's just like cool. It's like a cool picture. I wasn't like wow, I want to show everyone how sexy my legs are. Like I honestly I just think it's like weird to put up a picture of your legs honestly. That's why I put it up and um, and I disabled comments immediately but then I forgot that everything I post on Instagram posts to Facebook and I don't even check Facebook. I mean I'm literally never never on it ever 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 for years now but you know i just everything on instagram goes there and my dad the other night goes god a lot of comments on your legs and i go what no -uh. i disabled those and he goes i'm reading them right now there's hundreds and i'm like what and he's like facebook and i was like oh fuck so i know comments about my legs are out there and i'm just going to be wise next time and not post things to facebook or just continue not checking facebook i don't need to hear any of that shit um but yeah, someone wrote to me like, I shared it on my story yesterday, but someone wrote like, you, I hope you, you should do DMT so you get to a place where you have no ego and you don't need to post pictures of your legs to get validation. Can I just tell you, like, when I post something on Instagram, I don't look at the likes at all. 
I've never cared about likes. I always care about comments. Likes don't mean anything to me. I couldn't tell you how many likes I get on a picture. I'm lucky that I'm like like blind. I don't care. Um, but comments are the things I care about. And it has been, I am still on a no comment um, role. I love it. And I just, I think I need to step away from my phone. I mean, don't we all? I mean, I know I do. I have just felt so less burdened by everything by not going on Instagram for the comments. And we're back. Um, hi, guys. So in the break, I just was um, saying goodbye to my parents. They took off for their cabin, the fucking cabin, which is what I call it because that's probably what they're doing there. No, they're going to have a good time. And uh, it's been a while since they've been away from me because last weekend my dad and I were on the road and all week we've been around each other and we need a little break, you know. Uh, one of them had their daughter scream fuck you in his own car and then peel off and leave him in the dust earlier today. So maybe a break is needed, even though we made up via text and then never talked about it when we saw each other in person a couple hours later when I got back home. Do you guys do that? Where you apologize in text and then you're like, let's not actually say it to each other's face. That's too much. Listen, baby steps. At least we both apologized. It was That's a huge thing. It feels so much better to like not just it's so easy to stay in a place of like fuck that dad like you were talking shit about me and like years ago I would have just held that over his head so much like I caught you talking shit about me I swear to you it, before I was down the street I already like when I had pulled away after I said fuck you I had already come to the conclusion of like this is stupid to be mad about and he should like he's a this was just a this is funny that her voice came over the, the radio and he's allowed to be frustrated with me taking the car. I'm allowed to be insecure. Everything's okay. Let's let me make up with him because if I die in a car accident on the way to Starbucks now, I will feel bad that our last interaction was one that was so like just cruel. And so I started texting him from the car as I was driving, which then caused me to wreck and then die. I am talking to you from the afterlife. Just kidding. I like how I had to say just kidding. Like in case you guys were like, you're dead. Um, so yeah, I, um, I wanted to say that like my parents cabin in the woods, I felt recently that disabling my comments and taking myself kind of away from feedback has felt like my own digital cabin in the woods. Like when you get off social media and I'm not off it by any means, I'm still actively posting, but and I'm still scrolling and stuff, although I am muting a fuck ton. Oh, boy. I'm muting so much because anyone that, like, triggers me at all, I just go zip right past. I can't do it. And it just is so delightful. It's such a little vacation you can give yourself by just taking the app off your phone, pulling up a book instead of an app. Like, I read on my phone. I read books on my phone. So pulling up a book, putting it on the midnight mode so that no alerts come through. And just trying to stay off of it. It's really, it's so good for you. And I know it's literally every study says that being off social media is good for your health. Yet none of us really listen and go through with it. And I'll probably, you know, be back on as much as I ever was tomorrow. But for right now, it feels really good to take a break from it. And I do think it is the answer to happiness for a, a lot of people who might be addicted to their phones. Um and journaling, dude. Journaling is so awesome. I've been doing it every day. Like I said, I can't recommend it enough. 
I really write illegibly so that even if anyone ever finds it, they wouldn't know what it was. And I, I, it allows me to write really fast. And so my hand doesn't cramp up and I don't feel, cause your hand cramps when you're like trying to like complete the H and make a little, or cross your T. It's like when you pay, do those little moments of trying to make it look perfect, that's when my hand starts to cramp. But if you're just like freewheeling it and just like scribbling, it gets the feelings out on page, on the page. You can't even fucking read it, which is good. It's just it, like my friend Kirsten calls it, journ and burn. She journals and then she burns it. Not all the time. That would be a lot of, um, that would be a lot of pollution if every time you journaled, you burned it. But, you know, you can do that. I'll be okay with that. Just don't do it in Northern California right now. They don't need any more of that shit. But journaling, I just always kind of scoffed at it. Even, you know, a month ago, I was just like, ugh, it's so stupid. And honestly, probably a month from now, I'll scoff at it again. But I just ordered myself three more journals because um, I want one for uh, jokes. I want one for my feelings. And then I want one for an anonymous thing that I do. Um, and so uh, I'm so excited and you don't even need that. Like you just get, just go op just grab a piece of paper and just start writing. You don't need it to be like in a journal, but you know, it just makes you feel a little bit more special when you get to write in a pretty journal. I found these really pretty ones on this website called notebook therapy. I'll tell you which ones I got ladies because they're kind of feminine looking books, notebook therapy, Japanese and Korean stationery. Um, it was $21, these notebooks. So I spent like 60-something dollars on those goddamn notebooks. But they're so cute. I saw them on Reddit, the subreddit I follow, journaling, which, you know, I'm just following subreddits of things that I want to be better about. And eventually they just wear on you. Like that's why I always post about vegan stuff. It's because it's like you see it enough in my stories. Even if you're just like, fuck this bitch, eventually I'll get to you. And eventually the journaling thing got to me. Okay, it's called Our Story Begins Planetary Collection Notebook. Go check that out. It's like inside of it is so cute. I saw someone post about it on Reddit and they were flipping through their journal because people on Reddit and the journaling thing, they just like brag about their journaling and they just show you what they've journaled, which is kind of interesting because you can screenshot it and then like read what people are journaling. But um, uh, there was this one journal that was just like blew my mind how cute it was. And so I found it on here. So if you want to go get it, go get it. Um. So yeah, journaling has helped me a lot. Um, talked to a friend earlier today about, you know, the comparison thing and like being on social media and how fucking harmful it is. And I was trying to get her to maybe, I wasn't trying to get her to go off comments, but I was just like, hey, I found disabling comments is like works. Oh, wonders. I found this on Daily Mail's fucking horrible website that I know they're like, they're the worst. They really are the worst, but they're kind of the best for like celebrity gossip that just, uh, they're faster than anyone at getting pictures out there and getting stories up. And they always find like really worthless stories about like there's, you know, front page news is like Jennifer Lopez's midriff. Like that's like what, is it midriff or midriff? Who cares? But um, yeah, they're just garbage. But I, I have the app and I like, let I treat myself to it at the end of the night when I scroll through and it is not news. But I did see this uh, headline that got my attention. Um, it said, Caitlin Bristow breaks down and tells trolls you win after reading comments calling her old and plastic ahead of her Dancing with the Stars debut. Caitlin Bristow, if you don't know, was a bachelorette, um, one of the favorite bachelorettes. I was actually on her season, um, Amy Schumer, 
was uh, we were doing an episode where Amy was coaching guys on stand-up comedy. Like one of the the challenges, you know how they go on dates, like these group dates. One of the challenges was like, oh, they're going to learn how to do comedy and they're going to perform it. So Amy brought along me, Rachel Feinstein, and Bridget Everett to also help her train these bachelors on how to do stand-up. And then they went up and did a set. And um, But I met Caitlin on this day. And then later on, we became friends. Just I did her podcast and then um, – she then we did this other podcast together in which she was talking about dancing with the stars because she was talking about dancing with the stars to me and being like i really want to be on that show she has like a very crisp girl voice she has i love her crisp voice but she um was talking about wanting to be on the show she was like i'll never get to be on abc hates me she like it was kind of controversial what she said on this podcast with me and i was getting a ton of google alerts for my name when it came out because everyone was like caitlin bristow says that the producer of Dancing with the Stars hate her or something. I don't even know what it was really about. But anyway, she's on the show now. She's going to kill it. And I guess, you know, they're they're going through with Dancing, Dancing with the Stars from quarantine. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to do it. And um, I'm following along. Very excited about it. That show, it was hard to watch in this season after mine because I was so wistful for it. So last season I didn't really watch because I was so like – fuck that show. I want to be on it. And it was just like, I was too bitter to watch it, but this, I think I'll be able to watch it now. Cause I'm quite removed from it. Um, anyway, Caitlin Bristow, there's this picture of her crying. She's so freaking beautiful and so sweet, but I just related to this. It said Caitlin Bristow confessed. She experienced a weak moment after reading trolling comments about her physical appearance on Saturday, the 35 year old reality star who is set to appear on the season 29 of dancing with stars next month shared a heartbreaking snap of herself in tears. She said, I forgot how mean people are when you go on TV. Just so many, she looks old. She looks so old and plastic comments everywhere. You win today, trolls. It got to me. And it just made me really sad. Um, she said in an additional video, she added, I had a good cry. Didn't somehow ruin my eyeliner. I honestly am so tired that anything will set me off right now. Plus I am PMSing. So great. So great combo. Um, Additionally, Bristow explained she wanted to be honest on her social media about feeling down rather than just showcasing her typical woo happy persona. Well, I appreciated this and it's true. Like guys, mean trolls will say something like that about you where you look old and plastic. I mean, that was, um, that's the problem. Old and plastic. Isn't that interesting? Because all, when you, when you get accused of looking plastic, it's because you're being accused of having work done. Why are you having work done? So you don't look old. So you can't fucking win. You can't win. And the girls that don't look old or like don't look plastic or have like whatever it is, have like work done that you can't tell. Or you say, wow, they've never had work done. Yes, they have. They have. It's just, it, it doesn't show up. And by the way, as someone who has had work done myself, someone who has had injected fillers in my face not for a very long time but used to do it um you don't know what you're doing it's a huge risk and you're not doing it because you uh, that's not something to beat up on someone about like i used to do it too i used to judge women who did stuff to their faces because i was threatened by it because i was upset why would she do that to her face why did Reg meg ryan ruin her face people would say that and people still say that shit my dad said it not too long ago and it's like, you know, do you think she wanted to, quote unquote, ruin her face? No one's trying to be 
what they're trying to do is look young and look beautiful and look in a way that people won't make fun of them or notice them or call them out for their looks. So in doing so, you're not helping. No one's trying to get attention for it. No one wants to look plastic. No one wants to look terrible or like they ruin their face. So when you attack people for this, why did she have all that work done? Because she's trying to not have people say anything about her looks. But you don't know what a doctor is going to do. Sometimes they fuck up. Sometimes you get too much done. Sometimes, and it's not your fault. I've had it where, you know, um, I hate the I hate the results, and I regret doing it. And it's like a bad fucking haircut. Does anyone ever say why did she do that to her hair? No, we go. She got a bad haircut. That fucking sucks. But for some reason, women get blamed when they have face work done that you can tell. And I'm not even talking about Caitlin Bristow. I think she looks fucking beautiful. I would kill to look like her. But, you know, I'm just talking about when I hear people take down women who have had work done and then they get more work done. Have you seen that happen where a woman gets her face done and then she gets more work done and it gets worse? She was trying to fix it. She wasn't trying to make it look worse. Everyone's trying to just get by. And I've, and listen, I've been there. I've been someone to take women down for having work done and to make fun of, you know, even men that have had work done, make fun of them for it or call them out for it. But it's my own insecurity about being terrified that I might have to get work done if all these other people are getting work done. And also, you know, it makes me feel better to put them down because, oh, good. That's why I'm not getting work done because I don't want to look like that. Not because I can't afford it or because I'm scared of doing it. Might I say this? Might I say that I think it's extremely brave for a woman to choose to have something injected into her face. You might think that's weak. You might think that's, wow, how insecure of her. How pathetic. I think it's brave. I've done it, and I felt brave after I did it. It fucking takes balls to trust that it's, you're going to fuck with your face that is, not, that is not an easy decision to make. Wasn't for me. And it could go terribly wrong. You're taking a risk. And maybe it is sad. Like, why, why are you taking that risk? Because you want boys to like you or you want to be more accepted or you want to be on TV and you want to look prettier so you have a better career, which will give you more money, which will give you more love, which will give you more security, all those things. Maybe it is sad. But for me, when I see a woman that has work done, I'm like, oh, she fucking took a risk. I kind of admire it and I think it's brave. So that's my thought on that. I'm sorry to Caitlin Bristow for feeling sad, but by the way, bitch, if you're listening, which you aren't, but, um, good call, uh, good call, uh, calling out those trolls and bringing attention to it because not only were you honest and we all like you better because of it, but you got a lot of press for it too, bitch. You did the right thing, you know? Like when I apologized to Taylor Swift, I wasn't trying to do that to like get Taylor Swift to be my friend or to get press for it, but I did get a lot of press for it, a huge amount of press. And it, I was, would I, would I go back and not say those things about her and end up in that documentary? You're damn right. I, I wouldn't, I would take that back if I could, but I can't. And so that negative thing ended up being good because it, it got me a lot of attention. Got a lot of Google alerts for my name. In the, in the weeks preceding, proceeding 
me apologizing to Taylor Swift, which was not, my intention wasn't to get attention for that, but I ended up, so it was a silver lining. Um, I've been having some weird ass dreams on this medicine. I don't know if it's the medicine. I don't know if it's just that time of the month, but God, I woke up last night with some weird ass dreams. I recorded them and because I wanted to play them for you. Cause if you have, if you're new to this podcast in the past, I've played my dreams and it's fucking hilarious. My pal Anya Marina got me into it and you should do it too. It's so funny. What you do is before you go to sleep, you set an intention. You go, I remember my dreams and I write them down. I remember my dreams and I write them down. I remember my dreams and I write them down. And then you go to sleep and I swear to God, when you wake up, you remember your goddamn dream and then just grab your phone. You don't need to write it down. Grab your phone and press record on the voice memo. I'm going to play you the first part of this. I was cast as the understudy for Juliet on Broadway and the whole cast was dancing with the stars people <laughs> okay so yeah i was having a definite one of those dreams it's a common anxiety dream i have where i'm cast in something and i have not been to any of the rehearsals and then it's opening night and i'm not ready and i'm running late and i'm not even in the outfit for it the dream was i was cast as juliet but it was like a musical and all of the cast members were dancing with the stars people and they were all furious because i wasn't taking it seriously and i was late but then at one point in the dream, I hope we can get to it. Hold on one second. Let's keep going. I was walking on a roof with my dad. I was walking on a roof with my dad. And I was like, I think this is your fault. Oh, it was his fault that I was late. And then my dad fell off the roof. I watched my dad fall onto the concrete two stories below to his death and hit his head. It was so disturbing and I woke up and I was like in a fucking, I was about to throw up. I was so sick from like seeing my dad die falling off a roof with my, which my dad did fall off a roof once before. Anyway, it was like a traumatizing dream. And, um, I, uh, and then I went back to sleep and I had another traumatizing dream. Things are stressful right now. It makes sense that I'm having stress dreams. Maybe it's the medication. I got to check if that's the side effect of it. But, um, the fires in Northern California are freaking me the fuck out, dude. I can't, I can't read about them. I can't hear about fires. The, the, the temperatures in LA, 113 degrees, 126 degrees in Woodland Hills, which is a suburb of LA, 126 degrees. I saw a picture yesterday of uh, fire, not fire cones. Well, that's what they're called today. You know, those witch hat cones, the, what are they? Traffic cones melted just in pools. Like uh, the world is just, it depresses me. Climate change depresses me so much. I can't handle it. All the wildlife that's dying. My aunt's cabin, my aunt is like, um, has a summer house cabin that is about to be ruined by fires or was like last night, my parents were like, I just walked into the room after going out last night to do a set and then hanging with some friends and I came back home and I walked in the room and I just was like, they're both on their phones. The TV was muted. And I guess was like, are you guys reading about Trump or climate change? And they were both like, the fires. And I'm like, oh, I just sensed it. Like the tension of just reading about that stuff was like palpable in the room. And I go, I can't, I can't hear about this stuff. I'm going to leave. And they're like, oh, so if you had a cabin, you wouldn't care? And I go, I don't have a cabin. And it's not that I don't care about the cabins. I, it's just there's nothing I can do. And it's so upsetting. I can't handle all the wildlife that's dying. All the confused birds, all the babies, all the baby animals. It's just too heartbreaking. I can't take it so sad about the state of the world um 
And yeah, I read some quote. I was kind of retweeting some people last night that were talking about the state of the world. One in particular, I really liked Kate Berlant, who is hilarious if you don't know who she is. One of the most creative, unique voices in comedy right now, but um, she's a great follow. Um, Kate Berlant said yesterday, I want to read her tweet that I retweeted. Sorry, one second. Let me pull it up. Um, she goes, always, wi always wild when people talk about having kids like it's 1981 and we still have the illusion of a future world. I love that so much. I mean, I really relate to that. People get, our, Morgan Murphy replied to it, which I thought was so funny too. Um, Morgan Murphy wrote, oh, what did she write? Fuck. I can't find it. Sorry. She wrote, Morgan Murphy, I can't find what she said, but she wrote something like, yeah, I was on a yoga class Zoom the other day and two women in there announced that they were pregnant and I think I made the wrong face. <laughs> Because when I hear people are pregnant now, I'm just like, really? Really? I mean, I get it. It's like, there are days where I forget the world's falling apart. And then there are days where it's like all I can think about. So, you know, some people, listen, it's teach their own decision. Even if the world ends in a year and you have only have a baby for like a year, that life was still valuable and good thing you put it out into the world, right? I guess. I don't know. Someone, um, I retweeted Kate Berlant's tweet and someone tweeted back a quote of Martin Luther King's that I got to say I hate it because it just doesn't, it, 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 obviously most of his quotes are very um, <laughs> important and beautiful, but this one is beautiful, but still I, there's some holes in it. He said, even if I knew that tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my apple tree. Oh, wait, sorry. That wasn't Martin Luther King. That's Martin Luther. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's a, probably a common mistake. And it sounds like something Martin Luther King would say. But it was Martin Luther, who I believe is the guy that did the thing on the door. Is that right? I don't fucking know. Anyway, um, I think that quote's stupid. Because if I knew the world was going to pieces tomorrow, I would not fucking spend today planting a goddamn tree that's such a waste of my last day on earth and that tree is going to just like burn tomorrow. I would never do that. No one would do that. Literally no one would do that. If you found out the world was ending tomorrow, would you go out and plant trees? And I know he didn't mean trees planting as literally, but as a metaphor, no, you wouldn't. And so, um, but you know, maybe we have like a couple more decades. You can have a kid and they'll have like, you know, they'll have some good time. They'll have some good times up until those like, up until their early 20s. And maybe they will be the kid that figures out a way to convert plastic to renewable energy. And yeah, right. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe they will be. Um, God help us all. Someone did write to me something uplifting yesterday because I posted about uh, if you're, you know, if you're voting for Trump, which I just, I can't. But if you are, like, my new argument when I get into people about it, because anytime I go, how could you vote for Trump? They're like, I'm like, he's, you know, disgusting and gross to women and the pussy tape, grabbed by the pussy, shouldn't that be enough for you? They always go, oh, well, Biden did this to the way he's been accused of this. And then you just, you run into a fucking wall and you can't have a conversation. Bottom line, 
anytime now I have an argument with a Trump supporter, which I don't get into because there is no winning there. But the only argument that I feel like I have that I can actually talk about, because it's just, it's a moot point after you say, Trump doesn't believe in climate change. I want a president who believes in climate change. Bottom line. Bottom line, is that what people say? End of discussion. That's all I want. So how about that? That's my new argument. I, I, Biden believes in climate change. He thinks it's a, a pressing issue, which it is. How are people in denial of it? I tweeted yesterday um, how cozy it would be to not believe in climate change. I wish I were stupid enough to not believe in climate change. What blissful ignorance that would be to walk about the world. I mean, I really reminisce about, like Kate Berlant said, 1981. Like the, I mean, I wasn't alive during that time, but the 90s when like the biggest concern was like save the rainforest. (laughs) I mean, the rainforest is long fucking gone. It might still be around, but like no one's trying to save that shit anymore. Like kiss it goodbye. Save the whales. Mm, That's kind of on the end of a very long list of shit to save at this point. But it used to be so adorable when that was what we were trying to save. And it, even during this pandemic, it's so funny, like, the amount of plastic wasted because of, you know, not reusing utensils and to-go containers. And, like, suddenly the, the whole, like, plastic straw thing, like, that all used to be important. Now that's not anymore. It's, like, masks. People just litter masks. Like, litter isn't a problem anymore because we're dealing with pandemic. Like, it, it's, it's all such a fucking shit show. My sister said she was Zooming a class the other day and one of her students, one of this, uh, a girl in her class um, was in her bedroom, I guess. And behind her was a sign that said shit show. I don't know if she made it or if it was like a thing that like a decorative piece or if she was trying to make a statement. Um, But my sister was like, had to have a little private chat with her about it. And um, I told my sister, well, she ain't wrong. That would have been me. I would have been that that student to like have a little bit of rebellion in the back. That's why I want a car with bumper stickers. I just want to piss people off uh, passive aggressively. In seventh grade, they wouldn't let us wear um, tank tops anymore in school because it was a tra- distraction to the boys. So there's a mandate in place that girls couldn't wear tank tops anymore. And so we all band together and we're like, we're going to wear tank tops tomorrow. The next day, I had a dentist appointment, so I had to get to school late. I showed up at late to school with my tank top on. I was the only girl that actually stuck to it, and I was so embarrassed. That's about as rebellious as I get. Oh, my God. I have so much more to say, but I got to go. Let's save it for the rest of the week. We're going to have a good week here on the show. Nikki's on meds. She's organized. I have an agenda, or at least I'm trying to. Thank you so much for listening, um, and make sure to support our sponsors if you can. Uh, and yeah, I just hope you have a good day. Try to, try to journal. Even if you write for like, set your alarm five minutes, just see how it makes you feel afterwards. Then fucking rip out the notebook page, crumple it up and throw it in the trash. Or why don't you get connected with a friend and you know, someone that you've been meaning to talk to for a while and go, Hey, do you want to like hold each other accountable to do a gratitude list or a journal, like do something every day. And then you send a picture of it and then you, you're a little proud of yourself and you get to send a little text where you get to be like, look at my work. Look what I did. I do that with a lot of friends off and on. Um, so that's, I don't know. That's my two cents. I'm trying to write a bit about how, when anyone says that's my two cents, it's never been helpful. Has 
have you ever even wanted two cents before? Has someone literally giving you two cents ever been helpful? No. Listen, I didn't say it was a bit yet, but I'm trying. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, talk to you tomorrow. Squirt, squirt. Jackpot. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.